Welcome to Passion Life Church. Today, what I want to talk about is life's three greatest questions. These are the greatest questions of life. Let's look at number one. It's the question of existence. Why am I alive? It's a pretty important question. Why do I exist? Why am I alive? Why am I on planet Earth? I mean, have you ever thought about it? Like, out of all seven billion people that we co-inhabitate Earth with, why me? Like, like, why do I specifically, personally exist? And this question isn't new. People have wrestled with this for centuries. In fact, men and women throughout the Bible wrestled with this question. Jeremiah said it like this, why was I born? Like, what's the point of my life? Was it only to have trouble and sorrow and to end my life in disgrace? I mean, no, Jeremiah is having a pretty bad day. I don't know what's going on, but it doesn't look good for him, does it? How many of you have ever felt like Jeremiah? How many of you have ever felt like, what's the point of this? It's just like one bad thing after another. As soon as my life starts to go well, something else happens. I mean, what is the point? I heard someone say, I hope life isn't a joke because I don't get it at all. Somebody else said, my life has a great cast of people in it. I just can't figure out what the plot is. And I think there's a lot of us who feel that way. What, why am I here? What's the purpose of my existence? Well, if you want to figure out the meaning and the purpose of life, without God, you really only have three ways to do it without God. The first way you can try to figure out the purpose and the meaning of life is what we call the mystical approach. The mystical approach says, look within yourself. Realize who you are. It's kind of the Star Wars, you know, Luke, trust the force, use the force, what's in you. And honestly, that sounds pretty spiritual, doesn't it? Like, like it, it kind of sounds like it's the right answer. Like, if you really want to know the purpose of life, look within yourself. But here's the problem. It doesn't work. It doesn't. If it did work, every single one of us would know the purpose to our life. Because every human being I've ever met has done that. Everyone I know has sat around pondering the meaning of life, trying to figure out who they are and looking inside of themselves only to find no answers. And the reason we find no answers is because we didn't create ourselves. And since we didn't create ourselves, we can't figure out the answers from ourselves. We are created beings. The second way to try to figure out the meaning and the purpose of life without God's help is what they call the self-help approach. Now, in the self-help approach, there are hundreds and hundreds of books on this. There's seminars, there's conferences, especially in the corporate world. It's filled with it. And the self-help approach basically says you got to invent your purpose. You've got to create your purpose. That, that's how you find the meaning of life. Now, because I love you, what I'm going to do is I'm going to save you thousands of dollars right now. Because every self-help book basically says the exact same thing. I mean, it, it, it's the same general guidelines and principles. Step number one, consider your dreams. Step number two, go after your ambitions. Aim high, set goals, break your bad habits, learn to manage your time, be disciplined in life, and never, ever give up. Believe in yourself. 
Now, can I tell you, those are actually pretty good steps at becoming successful in life. But here's the problem. You can become successful and still never know your purpose. You can become wildly successful and never know why God put you on earth. Because the purpose to your life is greater than your own personal fulfillment. It's greater than your happiness. It's greater than your peace of mind. It's greater than your success. Self-help doesn't work. Because it doesn't take into account that we are made by God, but not just made by God, we were made for God, not for ourselves. The third way you can try to figure out the purpose and the meaning of life is the philosophical approach. The philosophical approach is the idea that you sit around and you speculate about the purpose of life. You speculate the meaning of life. So if you take the philosophical approach, basically what you need to do is go get yourself a cardigan, get some nice glasses, a nice pipe, sit out by a fire with a glass of wine with some friends, and ponder the meaning of life. Why am I here? Where did we come from? Where are we going? What is it all about? Hmm... And that's the philosophical approach. And look, philosophy has its place. It really does. But the truth is, when it comes to the purpose of your life, they're just guessing. And your guess is as good as mine. You need more than speculation. You need revelation. You need someone to reveal to you what it's all about. Dr. Hugh Moorhead, the professor of philosophy at Northern Illinois University, he spent his career writing hundreds and hundreds of famous people. And he asked all of them the same question. What is the purpose of life? He wrote famous lawyers and famous artists and famous politicians and famous engineers and famous singers and celebrities and, and on and on. And then he published a book of the results. Now, most people simply just offered their best guess. Some people said, well, you just got to make one up for yourself. Others said, I don't have the slightest idea what the meaning and the purpose of life is, but if you figure it out, can you let me know? This is my personal favorite, Carl Jung, you know, the famous psychiatrist, Carl Jung, here's what he wrote. He says, I don't know the meaning or the purpose of life, but it looks like something were meant by it. <laughs> Thanks, Carl. I mean, that was great. I mean, now I know why this guy has the degree. I mean, it <laughs> Isaac Asimov, the science fiction wrote, writer wrote, as far as I can see, there is no purpose in life. Joseph Heller, the author, said, I have no answers to the meaning of life, and I no longer want to search for anyone. How tragic is that? To give up on trying to figure out what is the purpose, what is the meaning? Well, look, if you take God out of the equation, then you don't really have a lot to go on, do you? You can try to look within. You can kind of invent one for yourself, or you can just guess. Those are the alternatives. Why did God make us? Why did God put us here? Well, let me, let me give you a clue. In Proverbs, it says, the Lord made everything, everything, everyone, everything. Why? For his own purposes. See, we were not made for our purpose. We were made for his purpose. And there's so much power to that statement when you think about it. Think about it. We weren't just made by God. See, it would be one thing if God made us. That, 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 that would be great, but it's a step more than that. God didn't just make us. He made us for a purpose, meaning not 
any of us are arbitrary, accidental, or unintentional. God made each and every one of us, not just because, but he did it for a purpose. Today, what I want to do is I want to help you understand the motive, why God did it, why God made us for a purpose. Paul answers this question in Ephesians 1. He says, long before God laid down earth's foundations. Now, let me Let me explain that phrase a little bit, because oftentimes we read that so quickly, we don't catch the depth of it. What this is saying to us is long before Genesis 1-1. Think about that. Long before, in the beginning, God. Long before, let there be light, let there be trees, let there be birds of every kind, let there be animals of every kind, let there be land, let there be water. Long before God ever said those words, he had us in mind. That's pretty powerful to think about. That before God created this planet, he had you in mind. He was thinking about you and settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. So why am I here? What is the question of my existence? I was created to be loved by God, plain and simple. The only reason I am here is I was created to be loved by God. God made me so he could love me. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. God didn't need you. He wasn't lonely. God has never been lonely. God wanted you. And that's why you're alive. The reason your heart is beating right now, the reason you have breath in your lungs is God wanted to love you. He created you to love you. And if God did not want to love you, you would not exist right now. Now listen to me closely. There is nothing you can ever do to make God stop loving you. You can try, but you'll fail. There's not one action you can ever commit, not one sin you can ever commit, not one thing you can ever do in your life to get God to stop loving you because his love for you is not based on who you are. His love for you is based on who he is. His love for you is not based on what you do, whether you're a good person, whether you're a bad person, or whether you're completely indifferent to God. It's based on his character. God will never love you any more than he does this very second. And God will never love you any less than he does right now. And the reason is God's not moody. He doesn't have bad hair days. Like God is consistent and he made you to love you. And it's not based on your response. And what is so cool about the verse we just read is that before God created the universe, he had us in mind as the focus of his love. Now, what does that mean? See, this is why human beings are different from everything else in creation. Do you want to know why we are different than the animal kingdom? Why we are different from nature? Why we are different from trees and plants? Because it was all created for us. God didn't have animals in mind when he created the world. He had us in mind when he created the world. Meaning God designed this entire planet with us in mind. God wanted to create a place that we would enjoy, that we would love, a place of beauty, a place with with just, just, just untold mysteries that we could explore and be a part of. And he did it because he loved us. That was what the Garden of Eden was all about. He did it 
for you. It's what makes us different. He made you to love you. Let me give you the second most important question in life. It's the question of our significance. Does my life matter? Okay. So I was made to be loved by God. But still, does my life matter? Do I have any significance about who I am? And again, this is something that they wrestled with throughout the Bible and throughout centuries. Isaiah in the Old Testament, he said it like this, my work all seems so useless. I have spent my strength for nothing and for no purpose at all. Like, what's it all about? Like, why do I work so hard? I mean, have you ever thought about it? I mean, you ever been at work and you're like, what am I doing this for? Like, is the only reason I have a job so hopefully I can retire one day? Is that it? Like, the meaning of my life is I go to work to make money so I can retire. Is there anything bigger to my life than that? I mean, honestly, am all I working for is to hopefully get these kids to college one day? Is that why I have a job? Is there any greater purpose or meaning to my life than just trying to get this money to get this done and this done and this done, and then I'm dead and I don't take any of it with me? I mean, come on, let's be honest. How many of us struggle with this? Like, why do I get up Monday morning? What's the point? Like, does it really matter? Does what I do really matter in life? Does what I do really have any purpose to it at all? Like, I'm working so hard and it feels like I'm doing it for nothing. Like, People come and go. It's been that way for hundreds of years. So what does it matter that I show up to work? David goes on to say, I remember how short my life is. So why did you create us? Like, what's the point? Like, we're just here and then we're gone. Is it all for nothing? Job says, why should I work so hard for nothing? See, here's the truth. When you don't understand the purpose to your life, life seems trivial. Life seems petty. Life seems pointless and empty and, and, and meaningless because you were made for more. You were made for meaning. You were created for purpose. In World War II, in the Hungarian death camps, one of the things the Nazi soldiers did with the Jewish prisoners is they would make them work just to keep them busy. And one of the jobs they gave them in this Hungarian death camp was to clean the sewage plant every day. They would just clean the sewage plant every day. Filthy job. Well, one day the Allied forces flew over and they bombed and they destroyed the sewage plant. And now they had no more work to give these people to do. So they came up with an idea. The sewage plant was now a pile of rubble. So every day they made these Jewish prisoners pick up the rubble and carry it from where it was to the other side of camp. And it would take them a couple weeks to do it. And then when they get all the rubble relocated to the other side of the camp, they made them pick it up again and bring it back to the other side. It was just meaningless work. It, it was just busy. It, it was just to keep, give them something to do, to keep them busy. But they gave them something to do that had no point, no purpose, and no meaning to it at all. Well, what began to take place is these Jewish prisoners began to go crazy. They began to lose their mind. They became suicidal. They would do things to try to get the guards to shoot them because death was a more preferable existence than living their life without meaning. And I know a lot of people who feel like that today about their job. They work hard, but they don't get it. They don't understand why. There's no purpose to it. There's no meaning to it. And they feel like they're losing their mind because they're at work every week, but they don't 
feel any purpose or meaning to it at all. And the reason is because as human beings, we live life on one of three levels. We either live at the survival level, the success level, or the significance level. The survival level is where most of the world currently lives right now. Very few Americans, if any at all, have ever been on the survival level. See, the survival level of existence is you're just looking for your next meal. Like, your goal every day is find food. Your goal every day is find food for my kids, find a place to sleep at night. You, you are literally just surviving. Now, I would say, emotionally speaking, we have a lot of people in America living at that survival level. Emotionally, and the way it plays out is you're at work, but all you can think about is the weekend. Like, you're not enjoying what you do at all. You're just dreaming about vacation. You just can't wait to get to the weekend. You can't wait to clock out because what you do has no meaning. You're just emotionally surviving. The next level of existence is what we call the success level. The success level is you now have options in your life. If you have options, you are successful. Now, you may not have as many options as other people, but you have options. I don't know if you've thought about it like this, but do you realize when you go home tonight for dinner, you get to decide what you eat? I want you to think about that for a moment. Do you realize how many people in the world don't get that choice? Like you have options in your cupboard right now. You will drive by more options for food on your way home than many people will ever see in their entire life. You have options. You are so incredibly blessed. Now, the reason you don't feel blessed is because you know other people who have more options. You've got some possessions in your life now. I'm sure there's things that you could lose and you could live without. You've got a few possessions. You've got a few options. You've got a few pleasures in your life. There's some things that you get to enjoy that other people in the world would love to enjoy. Like some of your problems, other people in the world would love to have. See, that's the success level. You've got some options, you've got some possessions, you've got some pleasures. Again, maybe not as much as other people, but you've got some, you've got a few. But here's the problem. If I'm so successful, why do I still feel so unfulfilled? Why does my life still feel so empty? Like if I have these options that other people in the world don't have, and I've got possessions that other people in the world don't have. And if I got opportunities for pleasure that other people in the world don't have, why do I still feel so empty inside? If I'm that successful, why do I still feel so unfulfilled? Because you weren't created for success, you were created for significance. And that's the last level of human existence significance. That's where you find meaning and purpose. What you need is not more money, you need meaning. What you need is not more possessions, you need purpose. What you need is not more success and not more status. What you need is significance. The problem is so many of us don't feel significant. We don't feel like we matter. Let me illustrate it like this. If I was best friends with Bill Gates or best friends with Warren Buffett or best friends with the President of the United States, how many of you would agree that I would have some perks in my life that normal people wouldn't have? Like, I could pull some strings. Like, if they, were, if they were close friends and they loved me to death and they'd do anything for me, how many know I could pull some strings in life? There, there are some opportunities I would have that other people would not get out of that relationship. I'd be pretty significant. I'd matter. 
But do you realize you have open access to have this incredibly close relationship with the person that hung every star in the heavens? I mean, you are incredibly significant to God. Let's look at our memory verse. It's in your notes. Isaiah 44, verse 2. God says, I am your creator. I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. That's how much you matter to God, that he was caring about you and thinking about you even before you were born. Now, one of the things we did in Sunday school growing up when the teacher wanted us to memorize a verse, we'd all have to say it out loud together. So I'm going to kickstart you in memorizing this verse. We're all going to say this out loud together, and we're going to pretend we're back in Sunday school. So I want you to say this with me out loud. Say it together. I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. That's right. That's how we did it in Sunday school. I always gave the reference. You know what this means? This means there may be accidental parents, but there is no such thing as an accidental birth. There may be illegitimate parents, but there is no such thing as an illegitimate child. There may be unplanned pregnancies, but there is not one unpurposed person. See, God even took into account human error, and he knew the right DNA mix it would take to get you on earth because he had a purpose for you. You see, he didn't create the purpose for you. He created you for the purpose. He had you in mind when he designed you. So here, let me give you three statements of our significance. First is he planned my days before my birth. Do you understand how huge that concept is? How can you be insignificant if the creator of the universe planned out your life before you were ever born? Do you realize how significant that makes you as a person? that he had you in mind, that before your grandparents ever met, he had a plan for your life. He had a purpose for your life. David said it like this, you scheduled each day of my life before I began to breathe. This is why abortion is so tragic, because we shortcut God's plan for someone, short-circuit God's plan for somebody's life, their purpose. Every day was recorded in your book. That's how significant you are. Let me give you another statement of significance. He cares, meaning what this life really is is a test lap. What this life really is is a dress rehearsal. What this life is all about is practicing the five purposes because we're gonna do them forever. And so God wants to give us a head start to practice these purposes since we're gonna take them into all of Eternity. So our biggest mistake as human beings is we get so caught up in the here and now, we get focused on the temporal instead of the eternal. One day this heart is going to stop breathing. Your heart is going to stop breathing. And that may be the end of your body, but that's not the end of you. Look what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5. For we know that when this earthly tent, you realize this is just a tent that I'm wearing right now. And I know it's a nice looking tent, but it's just a tent. Just kidding. It hurts when you laugh like that. <laughs> we live in this earthly tent when it's taken down. And, and can I say, uh, it doesn't matter how organic you are or how much you work out. The tent's coming down. Can I just say, 
it's going to come down. Like, like you're not going to prevent the tent from coming down. That is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body. I'm going to get a new tent one day. And the tent that I'm going to get one day is not going to break down and it's not going to have issues and it's not going to be like this one at all. And it's going to be made for us by God himself, not by human hands. That's powerful. So I want you to understand how significant you are. Before your grandparents ever met, God had you in mind. He cares about every detail of your life, and he made you to last forever. How can you be insignificant? Understanding that to be true. Let's look at the last question, the third greatest question of life. It's the question of intention. Then what is my purpose? Then what is my purpose? If all of that is true, what is my purpose? purpose. So let me start here. Bertrand Russell, the famous atheist, made this statement. He said, unless you assume a God, this is powerful, unless you assume a God, the question of the purpose of life is meaningless. I love the fact that at least he's honest. At least he's being honest. What he's saying is if there is no God, then there is no purpose to life. If there is no God, there is no meaning to life. If there is no God, then there's no grand scheme. There's no meaning at all. There's no significance to anything. Because the truth is, if there is no God, then your birth was an accident. You're just a freak accident of nature. That's all you are, if there is no God. Without God, you're just random chance. It just so happened that you were born. Like if the pond scum would have, you know, connected differently, you would not be here right now. If it was all just a freak accident. And if there is no God and everything is random, then if by some random chance you get killed tonight, well then too bad. Because honestly, your life is no different than a goat or an ant or a duck or a snail on a sidewalk. You're just random chance. Look, if there is no God, then there's no such thing as an eternal soul. If there is no God, there's no such thing as right or wrong. There's no such thing as heaven or hell. There is no afterlife. If there's no God, there's absolutely no meaning or no purpose to this life at all. Look, people who say, I don't believe in God, People who claim to be atheists, they need to at least be intellectually honest enough to admit the logical conclusion of that belief. And the conclusion is, if there is no God, then nothing matters. It's just survival of the fittest. That's all there is. So if I want to kill you to get ahead in life, that's just survival of the fittest. Who are you to tell me that's wrong? If there is no God, who decides what's right and wrong? There is no moral absolute. What makes us right in another culture wrong if there is no God? Just survival of the fit. I mean, understand, this leaves a very bleak and depressing world to think about. That's why, to be very honest, it takes a lot more faith to be an atheist than it is to follow God. See, but here's the truth. A lot of people want to be atheists because they really don't want a boss. Let's be honest, they really don't want to be told what to do. They don't want a higher power that they have to submit to. But they also don't want to follow the logic to the conclusion that if there is no God, everything is a freak random chance and nothing matters and your life doesn't matter. Can I ask, are we really just advanced, educated pawn scum? Is that all we are? 
Like, is that really what you feel? You look at the human body, we were designed. This didn't randomly occur. We were designed. We were created for purpose. But here's the problem. If you don't know what the purpose is, you're going to tend to misuse it and abuse it. Anytime you don't know what the purpose of something is, you will misuse that thing, you will abuse it. Why do you think sex is so abused in our culture? Because we don't know the purpose of it. Why do you think money is so misused in our culture? We don't know the purpose of it. Last night, I was walking around backstage, and I found some stuff, uh, like this little guy here. I have no idea what it is. To be very, Have anyone ever seen one of these before? Like, like lit- I think we've had two people all weekend long have seen one of these before, have any idea what it is. Like, I've got no clue what it is. Now, here's the problem. If I don't know what this is, if I don't know its purpose, I don't know its design, I don't know what it's here for, then I will tend to misuse it, abuse it, use it the wrong way. Now, it says, it has a sticker right here, and it says it is a butt kicker. Now, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I don't know if that's literal, but it is a butt kicker. That, that's what the little guy is. It kind of looks like a robot or something to me. I found this backstage last night. This, this little guy right here, it looks like a calculator. Again, I don't think it is. It's all letters. I have no idea how you would use it, what you would use it for, what this little device is. I, I think we need to talk to our worship pastor because I'm finding some pretty weird stuff back there. Again, the problem is, if I don't know what this is, if I don't know its purpose, if I don't know the design, then I will misuse it and abuse it. So I only have two choices. I really only have two choices. If I, if I really want to use either one of these things effectively, I've got two choices. I can talk to the designer. I can ask the designer, what in the world is it and why'd you make it? Or I can read the owner's manual. Those are the only options I have. But here's the good news for you. Those options are available to you. If you really want to know the purpose and the meaning to your life, then you can talk to the designer. And you can read the owner's manual. He gave it to us. Look at this in Proverbs. Knowing God, knowing God results in every other kind of understanding. If you want to understand your purpose, you want to understand the meaning of life, it all happens in knowing God. Why? Genesis 1.1 gives us the answer. In the beginning, God. I don't know if you saw that. In the beginning, God. Now, what it doesn't say is in the beginning, Aaron. I wasn't there. Were you there? No, none of us were there. It was in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created. Meaning, if I wasn't there and you weren't there, God was the only one there. So God gets to determine the purpose of our life, not us. I don't get to decide what I'm going to spend my life for. God gets to decide. It all starts with God. It doesn't start with me. It doesn't start with my happiness, my ambitions, my goals, my dreams. None of that. It starts with God. That's why Paul says in Colossians 1, everything, everything. Now, here's why I like Paul. Absolutely everything, just in case you missed the first part. <laughs> like, let me just clarify for those of you that are slow. Absolutely everything, everything above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in him and finds its purpose. You want to find your purpose? Are you tired of grinding the wheels at work every week, not really understanding why? Like, my life has no meaning. Why do I work so hard? What's the point of it all? You you, you tired of that? Well, you find your purpose in him, in Christ. So how do I discover my life purpose? 
Very simply put, get to know God. It's the only way. The only way you're going to figure out why you were created is to get to know the designer. Get to know the creator. Read the owner's manual. It's the only option you have. Paul goes on in Ephesians 1 and he says, it's in Christ, in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Part of the overall purpose. He is working out in everything and everyone. And we're trying to help you. That's what this summer is all about. The reason I'm asking you to be a part of a small group is so you can do this. Memorize his word. Familiarize yourself with his voice. Go deeper into the study. Be a part of the weekend and, and, and just get it all. Why? Because I'm trying to help you know God. This whole journey is about you knowing God. This whole journey is about you getting closer to him because it all starts in him. So if you're ready to take the journey and you really don't know if you're invited or welcome or, or what, let, let me end with this verse. I love this one. Acts 10. It makes no difference who you are. Can I tell you, it, it really doesn't. It doesn't make a difference what your nationality is. It doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. It doesn't matter your education. It really doesn't make any difference who you are. It doesn't even make a difference where you're from, what you've done, what your past looks like, how good you've been, how bad you've been. None of that really matters. Here's the good news. If you want God, and again, the only way you're going to find your purpose, the only way you're going to find meaning to life is in Him. If you want God, and are ready to do what he says, the door is open. The door is open. You can step through that door. You can have as much as you want. I, I want you to experience what I experience. You realize I get to go to bed at night. I get to go to bed at night satisfied that I'm living the life I was created to live. You know how good that feels to, to go to bed that night feeling that way when so many people don't? I know so many people who, who have to wrestle with themselves to bed because they don't feel satisfied. They don't feel like they're, they're living out their purpose. They don't feel like they were doing what they were created to do. I get to go to bed at night satisfied that I'm living my purpose. I wake up in the morning excited for each day because I know what I get to do and I know that it matters. Do you know how many people dread waking up? Oh, another day at work. I so desperately want you to have what I have. That's the entire reason we're doing this journey. That's why we're creating these steps for you. So I'm going to leave you with this thought. George Eliot said, it's never too late to be who you might have been. It's never too late to be who you might have been. Why wait? Why look back on your life and think of what you might have been? It's, it's never too late. You can start today to become that person you've always wanted to be to become the person you know you need to be. The door is open. The door is open. God so desperately wants you to come through. Think about it. Think about it. Does any one of us as a, as a parent want our children to live empty, dead lives? No. God wants you to connect to your purpose more than you need to because he loves you. He made you to love you. Like my wife and I had a, another son this year. Do you know why? So we could love him. We didn't sit around thinking, you know what, let's have another kid so we can hate him. 
<laughs> it makes no sense at all. Like, let's have another child so we can just, like, be mean to him. I mean, it's just like, no, we had him so that we could love him. And that's how God feels about you, and the door's wide open tonight for you to step through. Would you close your eyes with me? Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information on Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com 